Hello there and welcome to another week of the Purpose Pod. My name is Natalie, your host for today and hoping that you had a really good week thus far. The week again, I think this week hasn't gone too fast but it's still at an increasing pace we are already on the second week of february so we're moving on to the next quite through 2021 pretty fast but today i picked a rather interesting topic now um the reason i picked this because i thought or i feel as if it's not a topic that is highly discussed and um I wanted to kind of bring it to people's attention for just people to really think about it, to think that things like that can also entrap you. So the title of today's podcast is The Trap of Guilt. The Trap of Guilt. I know it's an interesting topic to discuss and it's an interesting heading to choose. But the reason why I chose it is because people do not understand the trap of guilt. And yes, there is a trap of guilt. So I've got a few scriptures here and then I've got a few pointers to really um, illuminate what exactly it does, what exactly the guilt does. And you'll be quite surprised on what it actually covers. So without further ado, let's get going. Just before I start, obviously, check out the Purpose Devotionals where they are regular blog posts. There's one actually that came out um, recently, so do check it out. And um, yeah, it'll bless you. Okay, so um, I'm going to start at 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 4 to 9. Now, I'll give you context of this. Basically, um, the book of Samuel, there's so much going on there. But this specific context was when Samuel was leading the Israelites. So that's when no king was appointed over the Israelites as of yet. And Samuel was the leader. So Samuel obviously was aging and he had sons, but his sons weren't following in his ways. So basically, the Israelites came to him and demanded something. Now, the demand wasn't something that pleased the Lord. And even Samuel, when he heard the demand, was very doubtful that this would be something that the Lord would be pleased of. So let's start off, if you can read with me, to 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 4 to 9. Okay. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, you are old and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other kings have. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord and the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaken me and serving other gods. So they are doing to you. Verse nine. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. Now, I'll just stop there pretty quickly. So basically, they made a request. They said, your sons are not doing what is right. So we need a king. Now, 
what this is telling me at this point, we can see that they don't actually know that they have sinned by asking for a king. They just saw other nations, so they compared themselves. That's the first thing that they did that was wrong that led to this in the first place. So that's a note to self, right? And they said, well, we want to be like the other nations, appoint us a king. So when we go out into battle, we'll have a king that will defend us. But then Samuel noticed straight away that this was displeasing because he thought, well, okay, the person that's been defending you for all these years has been God. Why do you need some man in front when you know he's not going to be doing anything? It's God anyways. So um, I felt like God's response here was very touching for me anyways, because I felt like, wow, you know, God just acknowledged and said, you know what? No, they didn't. They didn't reject you. They actually rejected me as their God, as they have done in the past. So even though they had rejected God in the past, he's still been there defending them. And that really shows the character of God and just how caring, compassionate and forgiving, most importantly, that he is. So a point that I wanted to make here was, yes, they didn't know they had sinned. They just went, saw other people and went and said, yes, this is what um, this is what I uh, want. And yeah, make it happen. So what I want to jump over to at this point is First Samuel chapter 12, verse 19. And I'm going to read on, up to 24. The people all said to Samuel, Pray to the Lord your God for your servants so that we will not die. For we have added to all our other sins the evil of asking for a king. Verse 20. Do not be afraid, Samuel replied. You have done all this evil, yet do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they rescue you because they are useless. Verse 22. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. Verse 23, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you, and I will teach you the way that is good and right. And then verse 24 says, but be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Now, what I really like about this part is that the people acknowledge the sin because Samuel told them this is actually sin. You are asking for another king when the Lord has been the one that's been defending you. Now, you may ask, well, how is that a sin? But the sin started in their hearts. They didn't acknowledge the Lord. If you go back all the way to Exodus, the Lord said to them, they will have no other God over them. So they wanted a king to worship. They wanted a king to be seen as their defender. Meanwhile, God has been the defender through all these years. So I think that that was the first mistake, was not acknowledging the fact that God has been there defending them through all these situations. So I had like a few pointers of like the trap of guilt, what the guilt that you have, that you can have in your heart can trap you from. So we've acknowledged that Israelites have sinned and they have sinned against the Lord. And now they've seen, yes, I have sinned. Now your sin could be different. It could be something that you know that you shouldn't be doing, friends that you know that you shouldn't be keeping. Um, it could be a way of life, a way of living. Um, it could be things that you're eating 
eating. It could be anything that you know that it's something that disagrees with you. Now, you may know that it disagrees with disagrees with you because you it's a known sin or you may know they disagrees with you because you have a conscience right we all have a conscience that you know tells us you know what this is not I don't think this is something I should be doing or I don't think this is a place where I should be at you know just something is just not sitting right with what I'm currently doing now if you bypass all these things you are just keeping yourself in that mud like imagine just you know wallowing in the same place not wanting to come out and be cleansed from the sin so to speak now my first point here would be the trap of guilt it keeps you from repentance now you may notice that when you feel guilty or when someone calls you out for something like you did this to me and I felt this type of way you feel guilty and when you feel guilty you're you're thinking well what's the point if I'm this bad person what's the point me trying to be good if I keep going back to this um situation or I keep doing this thing that is sin against the Lord or I keep acting a certain way or I keep it could be anything that you keep doing that really disagrees with your heart or really disagrees with the, the conscience that God has placed within in you and it can discourage you from ever improving it could discourage you for from ever believing that you can change your life and I'm here to tell you today that you can actually change your life it can change it doesn't matter how many times that you have wallowed in that same mud you just need to make that decision and say you know what as of today I'm gonna change and I'm gonna make that effort and better yet ask him ask the Lord help me help me come out of this because I need help You know, there's nothing wrong with that humility and knowing that, you know what, I can still change and it's possible. So having guilt that keeps you from getting to that point where you're asking for help. Now, um, another point I put as how guilt traps you is it keeps sin in your life. Now, you know, when you're thinking to yourself, well, what's the point? Um, you know, I sinned yesterday or I sinned last week. So what's the point of me ever coming to the Lord? Now you're thinking that if that's your character and you're thinking, what's the point of me trying to do good if you keep doing bad? It keeps the sin in your life because then you're like, oh, might as well carry on. Oh, might as well add this other sin or, or add that kind of sin because people are seeing me as a bad person anyway so might as well just stay where I am and it it really causes this stagnancy and it really imprisons you in that guilt because if you see all those people that so-called living the high life and it's sin deep down they're not happy because if they were they wouldn't have this constant crave of wanting more and the example could be like the Israelites you know they were still craving things they were still wanting a king they want a king that's like the other nations always craving other things but the Lord should be what you crave the Lord should be the one that is sitting in your heart the final point I want to make is it keeps you from your God-given purpose. Now, I keep talking about this because God has given everybody a purpose, a God-given purpose. Now, we are all, our books, it says in the book of Psalms, where our books of life, our books was already written before one ever came to be, before one day ever came to be. So the purpose of what God has in mind for you has already been written. Now it's for us to be on the same page, pun intended, 
with him and make sure that we get to that expected end, that expected destination that he has called upon our lives. Now, if we're too busy feeling guilty and feeling like, oh, I'll never have this or I'll never have that, that will block you. That will block your life. That will block the blessing of God. That will block the faith that you need to have to open doors in your life, to open the change, to open the blessings, to open all the good things that you want to see in your life, that will block you from that, you know, and that everlasting, that joy, that joy unspeakable, that will, having that guilt, that low self-esteem will block you from that purpose because you have to know that God wants good for you. That's the end goal. It's for good for you. No matter what happens, it's for good. So in order for us to be on track with him, we need to be on the same page. We need to know where he wants us to be, how he wants us to be. Get us away from sin and get us away from guilt as well as sin on top of that. Finally, I just want to um, just add the book of Acts because a similar situation happened. So um, this was Peter speaking to the crowd in the book of Acts. Um, this is after Jesus has been crucified. Now, when he's speaking to them, note that he quoted to them their sin. So it says in chapter Acts chapter 3, verse 15, Peter says to them, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. So he's told them, this is how you've sinned, right? And then we're going on to verse 17 to 19. And it says, verse 17, now brothers, I know that you were acted in ignorance as you as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that this Christ would suffer. Verse 19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So it's the simple thing. And if you notice the similarities between the two chapters is it keeps saying, come back to the Lord. Don't feel guilty. Don't stay in your guilt. Come back to him. Repent. Turn from your ways. He will receive you. With the Lord, there is forgiveness. It says that in the Bible. So don't think that there's anything that you have done that cannot be forgiven. Come back to him. Turn from your ways. So there's still an opportunity wherever you are in your life. But just don't wallow in that sin. And I just wanted to just make a, a point on a solution. I don't like talking about issues without solutions. And I think the first solution will be to keep going back to God, no matter how many times you feel that you have fallen. He's your father and he actually cares and he will help you get back on track, right? It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you're thinking you should know better. Even if people say that, everybody has their struggles. However, don't keep away from the Lord. Come back to him. Say to him, Father, I have sinned. I need your help. Okay, so that sums up um, the study for today. I'll just do a quick closing prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the people listening. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you guide everybody listening. You guide us. You guide us close to you, that you help us and encourage us to come back to you, even if and when we fall, Heavenly Father. I pray that you help us keep on the path that you have chosen for us and you protect us from all evil. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. 
All right, so just wrapping this up, um, hoping you have a very blessed week coming ahead. And uh, yeah, do carry on. I will put the scriptures up also. And um, yeah, wishing you all the best. Take care and do check out thepurposedevotionals.com. Take care. Thank you.